Welcome to Locked on NBA Draft. I'm your host, Leif Tuline. On this show, we'll be analyzing different NBA prospects every episode, presenting with various perspectives on every prospect coming from the Locked on NBA hosts and NBA Draft experts. Today, you'll be hearing all you need to know about likely top 10 pick Auburn wing Isaac Okoro. For more on Okoro's strengths and later on in the show, we'll get to his weaknesses. Let's head to the host of Locked on Warriors podcast, Wes Goldberg, who is joined by Charles T. Hamilton. I know it's not that simple, but when you watch Okoro, what is it that you like about him? I mean, defense. He's a defensive menace, but there are other aspects that come with that. He's uh, NBA size immediately. It's not a guy that you're going to have to add strength or anything like that. He's 6'6", 225. That's what he's listed at. I mean, give or take some couple pounds. Uh, You know, body similar to Andre Guadalla. Like, he's a specimen. Uh, I think they have him listed at about 6'9", wingspan, which is solid for a guy his size. And then athleticism, which the Warriors, even coming out of that little bubble minicamp they did, have mentioned they're lacking athleticism and it's something they need to address. Those are, uh, you know, two or three things that he would immediately take care of for the Warriors. But just the the NBA size, you know, you don't have to be a a beast uh, physically to be a good defender. You know, there are small defenders like Patrick Beverly who are damn good. But, you know, he has a, a limit to what he can do because he's mm-hmm. – Six one, so a guy with Isaac Okoro's size and weight, you know the the length and weight, you can project him guarding four positions. Uh, you know, still going to need to work on it, but those things are there already. Those aren't things you're going to have to worry about uh, with him. I talked to Bruce Pearl on a on a profile that I'm working on of Isaac Okoro. These I keep writing these profiles for the Mercury News, and one of the things that Bruce Pearl said was. He thinks he can guard five positions, mm-hmm. which may be hyperbolic coming from his college coach. But you, like you said, look at his size. You look at that wingspan. You look at that frame and the strength that comes with it. Why not, right? Like Draymond yeah. Green in his prime could guard five positions. You, you look at a guy like Bam Adebayo and Ben Simmons. I mean, these are like just really physical uh, players. And those are the guys who tend to be able to guard those five positions and they're quick on their feet. And I think when you look at Isaac Okoro play, he, he fights over screens so well. He can get under a screen and stay with a, a guy attacking the rim. He can fight over the screen and stick with shooters. Um, he's, you're not going to bully him in the post. But like I said, he's like quick enough to stay with guys on the perimeter and ball handlers on the perimeter. And so why not? If you're going to get all, all five of those uh, – if you're going to try to get a guy who can guard all five positions, Isaac Okoro projects as the best guy in this draft to do that. Um, I don't think that there's any doubt that he could help not only the Warriors defense, but any defense from day one. Like this is a oh, guy who could plug and play. And there's no reason to believe that he can't just start as a rookie guarding the other team's best score. Now that doesn't mean that he's going to limit LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard or James Harden uh as as effectively as a veteran but if it's if he's one of your options and you're a team picking up you know this part of the draft you probably don't have that many great defenders in the first place and mm-hmm. so I think Okora could just be that guy for you from day one I think he could be that guy for the Warriors from day one to be honest I mean he's different game sets different skill set but it's similar to Matisse Thybul come in day one you're you're coming in and you know you're defending one of the top two three guys uh, on the other team and, and doing a pretty damn good job too and one of the other things that uh, I like that you kind of mentioned is him fighting through screens and stuff like that. He plays like a guy his size. You know, I hate seeing guys who are 220 plus and these physical specimens that might shy away from contact or, you know, I, I hate to, I know soft is such a, a uh, four letter word when it comes to athletes, but you know, he doesn't play soft. 
And that's definitely something that I like. It's not a deal breaker whether someone does or doesn't, but I like to see a guy his size play that way. As far as the offensive end, too, I mean, he gets a lot of the comparisons to Andre Iguodala on the defensive end. Offensively, I'm not willing to go as far um, <laughs> because Iguodala is definitely a ball handler where Okoro isn't, but we'll get to like that a little bit later. But one thing that does strike me as similar to Iguodala's game is, you know, Iguodala is so great with his hands. And what made him so effective was not just like what made him different than guys like Andre Roberson or even Matisse Tybal is he was so great and quick with those hands and getting deflections and steals. But then he was able to then turn those steals into points. And Okoro has that attribute about him, right? That's where he's different than these offensively limited but defensive-minded wings like Roberson and Tybal because you can see him getting steals, getting a block, using those quick hands to get deflections and then grab the loose ball and then use that athleticism that he has to bring the ball down the floor and finish with a dunk because he's also a guy who loves to play above the rim, right? Yeah. And, when, and, and how many times would you see Iguodala get a deflection, pick the ball up, run in transition, and finish with a right-handed dunk? I mean, that is Okoro's game. Uh, and I think he can make a lot of uh, – he can make a big impact early on just doing that in the transition game. Yeah, definitely. And I know this doesn't matter – uh, really, but it speaks more to his athleticism and his, you know, penchant for dunking is, you know, future slam dunk champion, probably like that's the kind of of high flying and ability that he does have. And you said it, he loves to dunk. I mean, I, I've talked about Derek Jones on this uh, this podcast before, but it's similar ability to where he's uh, that athleticism is top of the draft. I mean, it's what maybe Edwards and him one and two and maybe one one a and it's just it's something that the Warriors need and something that he brings from from the jump. The one other thing I want to say before we move on to some of the weaknesses is just you know, you talk to Bruce Pearl, you talk to, you know, you read these reports, you know, everything that guys say that talk to Isaac Okoro, just talk about how coachable he is. Um, and how I think it says a lot when he was recruited to Auburn, wasn't really like a standout recruit necessarily. Like he wasn't Anthony Edwards, right. Who, and they, you know, grew up in the same area. Um, but he did walk into a team of upperclassmen, of veterans, right, right away, and established himself early on as a preeminent piece of that rotation and a player who could sometimes take over games uh, when they needed him to. Now, he was a little passive here and there. Again, we'll get to that. But uh, that says a lot to me as far as just a guy's attitude. to come in. He's, not, he's not a, you know, a loud guy. He's very modest he's very kind of quiet and all these things and he kind of gets like these bad comparisons to Kawhi Leonard sometimes for that reason but Mm -hmm. to me he is a guy who's mature enough to walk into a situation whether it be the Warriors or like a really young team like Atlanta or Cleveland or wherever and and just figure out his place in the pecking order and just play to the best of his abilities within that role you know what I mean yeah yeah definitely and it's uh, it's uh I kind of make the comparison of Trey Young and Steph Curry, where a guy like Steph Curry overlooked his entire career. And look, it doesn't mean that, you know, if you're picked top of the draft that you're going to be entitled or anything, but I've heard people make the, the, when the comparison is made from Trey Young to Steph Curry, a guy like Steph who was overlooked and had to fight and figure his way through. And a guy like Trey Young, who, you know, has been looked at as a top guy, his entire college to, you know, top four, five pick, I guess, uh, in the NBA, all that, where, you know, a guy might come in and feel entitled and it, with a guy like Okoro going into the Auburn situation, being unheralded and finding his spot and mm-hmm. working his way up, you know, that's a, 
it's something that you, you definitely take notice of when it comes to scouting. I'm not saying it puts him over the top either way, but it's definitely a, a check mark, uh, a good check mark in his his uh, scouting report. Coming up next, we'll head back to Wes and Charles on Locked On Warriors to hear more about Isaac Okoro. But this time, they'll be examining and explaining some weaknesses of his game. But before you get to hear that great segment, I wanted to promote this doozy of a podcast, Locked On NBA Mock Draft. The NBA draft is just days away, and the Locked On NBA podcast is mock drafting every first-round pick. Listen to the Locked On NBA podcast every day leading up to the draft and hear projections of each pick. An expert analysis from Chad Ford, The Athletic's John Hollinger, and Sports Illustrator's Jeremy Wu. Check the feed to catch up on past shows and don't miss a pick. Subscribe to Locked On NBA today wherever you get your podcasts. You know what would be a great snack to have while listening to that amazing podcast? A Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The people at Built Bar are awesome. They sure produce a great protein bar. And it's not like every other protein bar that has that chalky, proteiny taste. The Built Bar legitimately tastes delicious, and every bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew, and come in awesome flavors. Some with nuts and some without. Um, a new one that I enjoy is Cherry Barcia and the Caramel Brownie flavors, both new flavors. I love protein bars in general, and Built Bars are the best I've ever had. My favorite that I've had is the Mint Brownie flavor, and every single flavor really lives up to its billing. I have a Bill Bar after playing basketball or a lift, and it's so good, fills me up, and doesn't leave me with that proteiny aftertaste of other bars that leaves you dehydrated. Bill Bars allows any health-conscious guy like myself to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. New flavor Cherry Barcia, for example, has 17 grams of protein and that same amazing taste. Sign me up, and you can too. Visit Bill Bar and use promo code LOCKEDON. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order and a free cooler with purchase. Again, use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Please make sure to subscribe to Locked on NBA Draft if you haven't already, and let your NBA Draft-loving friends know too. They'll find great analysis on draft prospects from Locked on NBA hosts and NBA Draft experts each and every episode. Speaking of expert analysis, here are Wes and, and Charles on Locked on Warriors to discuss Isaac Okoro's weaknesses that could deter teams from taking him in the top half of the lottery despite his being the best defender in the draft and displaying some passing skills. Charles, we are here talking about Isaac Okoro's draft breakdown. We did his strengths. His weaknesses are obvious, right? And I know this is going to be a hot-button topic for you. <laughs> he can't shoot from the perimeter. Uh, if you can sh- people who say you can shoot say he's streaky, but I, I, I think that's giving him too much credit. He had tendencies of being able to take over games and stuff like that uh, at Auburn in, in his one year there. I just don't see that ability translating to the NBA level. I mean, maybe he can when he has more space to just attack the rim. Mm-hmm. But if he can't shoot, guys are going to go under screens on him all the time. They're going to play off of him. And I do worry that he becomes a little bit of like a Michael Kidd Gilchrist at that point. Yep. I, I think he's probably a better athlete than MKG ever was. But when, we, when MKG was coming out, everybody kept talking about how he's like this five-position defender and all these things. But because he was such a non-threat offensively, uh, he struggled to make an impact and find a, a place in a rotation. I'm not as concerned with Okoro as I was with MKG, but there are shades of that that worry me. 
I mean, you nailed it. Another one that I that worries me. Another example is Stanley Johnson, physical mm, yeah. specimen, solid defender. I think Okoro is a better defender, better overall. But still, just that lack of offensive ability, that lack of a jumper, really makes them. I mean, end of the bench guys. To be honest, you know, they have to be in very specific situations to get minutes and to have you know every night roles with the team. He. You know, you mentioned the lack of the the jump shot, especially from three, 67% free throw shooter, which, you know, those two correlate. That doesn't doesn't bode too well for uh, his his ability to potentially find a find a three point shot. And the other thing, too, is even though he's incredibly athletic, can finish around the rim, that first step. I mean, when you see it on tape, it is it's slow. It's not a great explosive first step. And so, you know, we've talked about guys like Harden and Steph who don't have crazy first steps, but they, they have, uh, you know, technique and footwork, but also they have the respect on the perimeter. So you have guys closing out hard. So they're able to get past and and get to the rim where if you're playing awful core already going under screens, you, you know, that first step's even worse. So the, the scoring ability is, very much uh, in question, especially the jumper. And you said it, you said it with me, man, the hot button, that, that three point shot, I, I have to have it. And he shot, you know, 28% from three in college going 20 of 70. So yeah. again, these guys aren't finished products. Maybe he can figure it out, but I'm not, uh, well, I'm that's, not where the, on it. that's where the Iguodala comparison to me falls apart is because he yeah. did have a quick first step, right? He did. He was a threat off the dribble, even if it took him a little while, you know, at least as far as getting to the rim, even if it took him a while to kind of stabilize the outside jumper and then it sort of fell off again when he was with Golden State. But um, with Okoro, there's so much that needs fixing on the offensive end. I mean, he needs to, I, I mentioned that he can he could score in transition. That's really all the only place he could score. You know, he's not much of a half-court guy. You don't want him running pick and roll for you. Like, Iguodala could be your backup point guard, and he was yeah. for Golden State. I, I don't – Isaac Okoro does not project to me as somebody who can ever kind of take on – that sort of role, right? So if he's not going to be on the ball for you, uh, then what's he doing off the ball? And if he's not going to be, he's not, if he's not going to be a shooter, like he needs to at least develop the corner three pointer. He needs to at least be able to, uh, to attack closeouts, at least on just like straight line drives. And maybe he has, maybe I, I think he could attack closeouts relatively effectively but he, again, that, that quick first step isn't there. As soon, as soon as somebody shades over, he's going to have to get rid of the ball probably. Um, I don't know that you can just rely on him having a ton of space to um, kind of offset the limitations he has on the offensive end. And so he's sort of regarded as one of the safest picks in this draft. And I'm not sure why we always say that about mm-hmm. Isaac Okoro. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of a cliche. To me, he's one of the riskiest players in this yeah. draft. I mean, safest because I guess you know you're getting a defensive player, but when you get when you have uh, very little to offer offensively, like safest in the fact that you know he could at least be your twelfth man or something. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's it's a, a very risky pick. Uh, you're you're picking on potential and on upside because if if he's a, almost a zero offensively, and that might be strong, but if you're getting very little offensively from him, he needs to be an all defensive, all NBA level defender, you know, Andre Roberson gets to play because he's that type of defender. If he was just average above average, good, 
you know, those minutes would be a lot less. And I know injuries, blah, 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 but still. Well, like, Andre Robertson also is in a perfect situation, too, because he's exactly. been with Russell Westbrook for so long, so that mm. nobody ever got the ball. So it didn't matter what you did <laughs> on offense. Um, True. And I think something similar could be said for Okoro if you were drafted to Golden State, right? And, mm-hmm. like, where, you know, with Clay and Steph playing there, it's maybe the best situation for him. I just don't know if it's the best situation for Golden State. Again, we'll get to that later. But, uh, yeah, I – to me, the risk is with the fact that, yeah, he's going to be – I think he is the best defender in this draft. But you're right. Like, is safe, like, to me, a safe pick is somebody who you know could be part of your rotation going forward. I don't know that a Coral can be. Mm-hmm. If he's, yeah, you're right. Safe as in your 12th man, sure. Like, he's going to be on NBA roster. That seems relatively safe to say. But I don't know that he could be one of your top seven or eight guys. And if you're drafting number two overall, if you're drafting the lottery – whatsoever you're kind of looking for a guy who could be part of your core rotation maybe not from day one but at least going forward and there's so many things if it was just a three-point shot it'd be one thing right but it's not it's the Mm -hmm. it's the it's the dribble it's it's uh the free throw shooting it's the burst it's the lack of quickness um I just there's so many things it's almost everything that needs fixing on the offensive end and that is why it's the, the risk profile for me is so high with him Welcome back to Locked on NBA Draft. I'm still your host, Leif Tulane, and we're still analyzing the game of Isaac Okoro. My opinion on Okoro? I see him as the best defender in the class and one of the best defenders to come out in recent years. He's an extremely physical defender that slides well in defense, not only relying on his strength and length. He's 19, 6'6", 225 pounds with a sculpted frame and 6'9", wingspan that allows him to guard 1 through 4, which is so valuable right now. I would hesitate to call him a 3 and D because his shot has some mechanical hiccups that need to be resolved to become a consistent shooter. However, offensively, he slashes well, has good court vision, ball handling, he's unselfish, and he shows good finishing ability. Okoro scored nearly 13 points a game on nine shot, uh, nearly nine shots a game, shooting 51.4% from the field. He displayed great transition ability with explosive athleticism to pair with his developing offensive skills. Auburn's veteran uh, guard-heavy lineup didn't allow him to fully showcase. Overall, Okoro and Myers is a clear top 10 prospect due to his immediate defensive impact that he can provide, and there's hope that he can shoot around 33% in the league with more space early on and get better from deep as he grows on. Uh, but defensive wings with the ability to create for others tend to win games, and one that comes to mind for me is Andre Iguodala, who has been to six straight NBA Finals and coming out of Arizona had almost identical measurables to Okoro. Okoro also reminds me of Gerald Wallace with his proclivity to slash while making money on the defensive end. That's what I think of Okoro, and here's what Chad Ford thinks as he has him ranked 10th on his big board. Shooting guard, small forward wing out of Auburn, freshman, has the body, has the physical um, tools, uh, to get things done, has a really high basketball IQ, defensively could be a monster, broken jump shot, not sure how he creates offense in the NBA. He's one of those guys that it's really tough because when you look at him on paper, you really, really want to like 
Isaac Okoro and, and how he approaches the game. And then you look at that body and you say, okay, this is a man, this is someone who's ready to come in and play in the NBA right now. But then when you look at, at some of the numbers and look at just exactly what he did uh, in the NBA or in, in college basketball as a freshman, it's, it's a little bit more discouraging. And again, he's someone that if you told me he went five in this draft, I, I'd say, yeah, there's, there's teams that have him ranked that high. If he went 15, that's also a possibility uh, for Isaac Okoro um, out of Auburn. Those are Chad Ford's thoughts on Isaac Okoro, and here are Locked On Hawks host Brad Rollins on the player his Hawks may take should they keep the sixth pick to help with some of their defensive woes. He also compares Okoro to another defensively gifted prospect, Florida State's Devin Vassell. He's a really talented guy, a 6'6", 6'9"-ish wingspan's been reported, uh, really young, uh, explosive athlete. Defensively, he can be a freak in terms of what he can do on the ball. Uh, hyper, like in terms of just like shadowing guys. People have used the shutdown corner phrase as like he just takes guys out of out of place. He's that kind of on ball uh, potential dominant guy defensively. Um, we'll talk about more about that in a second. Offensively, again, I mentioned this before, but everyone agrees the shot is the big question mark. I do think that the rest of his offense is pretty darn interesting. I think his um, his finishing is really good. His passing and feel are really good. Uh, yeah, I think he also, you know, there are times when I wish he would do more offensively in college when you watch him. Like, I wish he would just, like, take the ball and go sometimes. But he feels the game well, and it's going to come down in a lot of ways to his jump shot. Okoro is this super athletic, super strong, explosive, uh, sometimes dominant on-ball guy, whereas Vassell isn't that kind of incredible on-ball prospect, but really feels the game um, is uh, as long or maybe longer than Okoro. And off-ball, I think you probably trust him a little bit more right now in some respects. And then offensively, Okoro has so much more, in my opinion, um, off the dribble game. Like as a finisher around the rim, he really explodes in a, in a line drive setting. Um, whereas Vassell is a much, much better shooter at the moment, but I'm not sure that he does anything else better than Okoro offensively. That might be... A little bit overstating it, but that's uh, they're just really different players. I mean, Vassell, I, I said it before, but what do you think about his non just like straight catch and shoot game offensively? Because that's that's a lot of what I think people are divided on with Vassell. There's this school of thought that maybe he can be more of like I've heard like his ceiling be compared to like Chris Middleton. I mean, it's it's the mid range game that he flashed a little bit at Florida State. Like, what do you make of his? You know, obviously his his three and D numbers in terms of his just catch and shoot ability as a three point shooter are pretty solid. Well, that was Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks talking about Okoro, who could be the sixth pick for the Hawks. And here is Matt and Brian Shook of Locked On Pistons breaking down Okoro's game for the Pistons fans who have the seventh pick. Isaac Okoro, a 19-year-old, 6-foot-6-inch, 225-pound forward. Okoro was born in Atlanta, Georgia, to Nigerian parents and began playing basketball in his church's youth league before joining coach Omar Cooper's AAU team. Joining up with Cooper's son, Sharif, they both went to McEachern High School in Powder Springs, Georgia. Okoro was a high school monster right away, averaging 15 points and 8 rebounds a game his freshman year, helping lead McEachern to the Georgia High School 
School Association Class 7A state quarterfinals. His sophomore season saw him up his points per game total to over 22 a game and taking his team to the Class 7A state semifinals. For his efforts, Okoro was named the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Class 7A All-State second team and the Max Preps sophomore All-American third team. In his junior campaign, Okoro averaged 20 points and 6 rebounds a game, once again taking his team to the Class 7A state quarterfinals. His accolades continued by being named to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Class 7A first team and the USA Today All-Georgia first team. During the offseason for his high school squad, Okoro played in the Nike Elite Youth Basketball League circuit, finding success with Athletes of Tomorrow Runnin' Rebels. That offseason, he was also a part of the gold medal-winning U.S. squad in the 2018 FIBA Under-17 Basketball World Cup. But all of those previous accolades and successes were leading up to a monster year for Okoro in his senior season at McEachern, both as a team and individually. While his points per game dipped to just below 20, his rebounds blossomed to over 10 a night while adding 3 assists and 3 steals per contest. During the season, Okoro and McEachern won titles at the Tournament of Champions and the City of Palms Classic. These titles highlighted a 32-0 team regular season record and were precursors to a Georgia High School Association Class 7A state title. The first team to achieve an undefeated season in the state's highest classification since 1995. McEachern even was ranked as the number one high school team in the country by several media outlets. Okoro would add several awards to his mantle, including sharing the Atlanta Journal-Constitution State's Most Valuable Player with teammate Sharif Cooper, Max Prep's All-American Second Team, and the USA Today All-Georgia First Team. Okoro became the second player in McEachern history to have his jersey retired. Shortly after the season, Okoro was selected to play in an international all-star game at the Nike Hoop Summit. A five-star recruit and spurning many other offers, Okoro decided to stay close to home and play for coach Bruce Pearl at Auburn University. Starting all 28 games for the Tigers and playing over 30 minutes a night, Okoro had an immediate impact at the next level by averaging over 12 points and four rebounds in the COVID-shortened season. In his one and only college season, Okoro was named to the SEC All-Freshman Team, the SEC All-Defensive Team, and the All-SEC Second Team. Having a high motor and a lot of energy, he more often than not ends up with 50-50 balls because of his effort and hard work. And he explains to ESPN's Mike Schmitz why he plays that way. This is the way you get on the court as a player. You know, just hustling. That's, for me, growing up, that's how I got on the court. That's the only way I got on the court. If you want to get picked up in a scrimmage game or a pickup game, something like that, they looked at how, how hard you were going to play, the effort that you were going to bring. Because I started playing with that at a young age. It just built on from there. And that's, that's how I got on the court. When I was a little kid, the only thing I did really was bring energy and stay 15 feet from the basket and get rebounds. So I, I had to learn from there from playing from the block at 15 feet and expanding my game from out there. Explosive and powerful are the two words that jump to mind when watching Isaac Okoro play. He is able to use his strength and athleticism to be an absolute beast of a finisher at the rim, and his size and strength make him an absolute nightmare to try to keep away from the hoop. He needs to improve his outside shooting to be able to provide space on the offensive end for teammates and for himself to not clog up the paint. But where Okoro will have an immediate and positive 
positive impact will be on the defensive end of the court. His instincts as a defender translate both as an individual stopper and an above average team defender. His versatility on the defensive end means he could match up favorably versus the other team's most legitimate scoring threat in most instances. He does play strong positional and usually safe defense as his blocks and steals have never been that high, not because of lack of skill, but more a lack of risk-taking and not wanting to put him or his team in a bad position. As physical as a defender as he is, he does a fantastic job at staying out of foul trouble. Maybe the only downside defensively is his very average wingspan for his size. He does put extra pressure on his footwork to stay in front of players, but his quickness and athleticism usually makes up for that. There is a high possibility that Okoro will be available to the Pistons at their number 7 selection. Okoro has found success at every level and there isn't any reason to think that the NBA would be any different, so he should be on the Pistons' radar as they should be looking to pick the best available player in their mind. I like Okoro and wouldn't mind seeing him in a Detroit jersey, although he isn't at the top of my wish list at number 7 because of his lack of ability to create his own shot. Some positive NBA comps I have seen are Andre Iguodala and Justice Winslow, Well, that's going to do it for Locked on NBA Draft, as the draft is tonight, Wednesday the 18th. I hope you've enjoyed these prospect breakdowns, and I recommend you check out the other breakdowns I've released on Locked on NBA Draft if your team selects one of those players. It's been a pleasure, and I can't wait to see who goes where in the draft tonight. Thanks for listening to Locked on NBA Draft. I'm Leif Tulane.